Uh, hi, this is Don Marrero. Yes, you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Listen up, kids. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Jimmy Pardo. That is my favorite. And, and you know, even on the 80s on 8 where they do the, the, the big 40 countdown, but it's based on the Billboard chart of that week. I love 40 through 20. That's my that's my favorite. You, you hear something at, at number 36 that those radio stations never play. I still call them radio stations, apparently. Jimmy talks about his new YouTube series, Jimmy's Records and Tapes. It is super funny. It is, uh, if you like music, you're really going to dig it. And we talk a lot about, well, what we usually talk about, we talk a lot about music. And what a great excuse to do that. Uh, Again, talking about his new YouTube show. We have a song of the week coming up from Juliana Hatfield. How about that? And of course, first, as always, a dumb bit. Tonight, it's the home remodeling program for the rest of us. It's HGTV's This House is Fine, Just the Way It Is. Hello. Oh, your colors are great. Your furniture looks both stylish and comfortable. And I love the window treatment. This house is fine just the way it is. So long. This house is fine just the way it is on HGTV. Followed by, oh my God, what did you do to my living room? First, there was Vanilla Coke. Then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mmm, I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with a taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. Jimmy Pardo is a comedian and podcaster originally from Chicago, Illinois. Makes his home in Los Angeles now, of course, where he hosts the very popular Never Not Funny podcast, along with uh, several other ventures he's involved in, including his new one, the YouTube series Jimmy's Records and Tapes. Let's talk now to Jimmy Pardo. Hi, PF Jimmy Pardo. Hey, Jimmy. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you been? Oh, good, good, good. You can't get into life like anybody else. There you go. That's all you can do. That's all we can do, right? It is. It is. Well, uh, well, thanks for doing this, man. I'm sorry we couldn't get this into City Pages. I don't, for some weird reason, uh, my editor did not understand the uh, importance of Never Not Funny recording in Minneapolis, along <laughs> with your new, uh, your new YouTube show, which is uh, really cool. Well, A, thank you for the second part, and B, yeah, that guy doesn't get it. He's dumb. Uh, she and she's very sweet. Uh, she, <laughs> I like she, I, well, okay, I, I like her a lot. She's just a little. Uh, I guess she's just a little misinformed. She is. A, she's a really good. Uh, you know, uh, eye for comedy and things like that. And we always interview like really great people. But I, I don't know. I mean, I interviewed Maddie last time. Uh, you guys were in town because I figured people would like to hear from him. Uh, and that was a really fun interview. So um, and I didn't have to bother you for that one. So that was that worked out really well. But I guess they figured that was you know 
that was good enough, I guess. But um, I'm sure you'll. Uh, I'm sure you'll. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. We, I guess we covered it last time. Why well, repeat it? Well, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm grateful for for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you'll put butts in the seats there at Acme. I mean, I don't think you're gonna have any problem there. I hope so. Yeah, there hope, you go. All we do is hope. Yeah. So Jimmy's records and tapes. Uh, this is so cool. I watched the first episode a couple days ago, and uh, it's so fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's surprising people uh, um, that it is. Maybe a little more, um, I don't want to use the word scripted, but a little more um, outlined than they thought it would be. I think people, a lot of people just thought it was going to be me winging it about, you know, albums in my collection. And, you know, there's obviously a little bit of of thought put into it. So how did the idea for this come about? You know, I... uh, I mean, look, if you listen to Never Not Funny for, you know, even one episode, you know that I can't go a minute and a half without making some sort of stupid 70s or 80s music reference. There you go. Um, and so, like, having managed record stores and having, you know, worked for MCA Records for the little slice of time in the late 80s, um, music is a, a big part of my life. And, um, you know, I was like, I thought, do I make it a do I do it? Do I do another podcast? Do I do a a music podcast, you know, about, you know, uh, my interest, you know, Never Not Funny is such a free-flowing conversation that can go anywhere, and, you know, I like the idea of doing something a little more, uh, you know, of a subject matter, and I was like, you know what, there's a lot, not, not that there's not a lot of web series out there, but there's a lot of podcasts out there about music, yep. and, uh, you know, let those folks have that, and, and, and I'm not saying that I would come in and, and Conan O'Brien them and steamroll them all, I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what I could add to that conversation, but what I could do is add to this conversation and, uh, you know, give a view on music from my point of view. There's a long-winded answer that may or may not have said anything. No, I think you've encapsulated it uh, perfectly, actually, because it's funny. I was going to do a, you know, I've I've got this podcast, and I produce the Cincy Shirts podcast, and uh, I'm producing a podcast for some other lady who hired me. She's a pilot and talks to her pilot friends, so I got that rolling. But I was going to do a podcast, yeah, I was going to do a podcast, though, called My Third Favorite Band, because um, whenever everyone asks me what my favorite band is, of course, my, my answer is it's either the Beach Boys or OMD. One of, it's probably the Beach right. Boys because I've listened to them longer and they have more albums. So they just went by that uh, by a nose. But um, and then people, you know, start listening to my third favorite band. I'm like, well, who is my third favorite band? So that'd be fun to make a list of uh, participants that could that could qualify for that and then listen to a couple songs from each one. And then at the end of it, it'd be a limited run thing, maybe only, you know, 12 episodes or so. Cause only 12 bands that could probably qualify for that. And uh, just listen that way and see you. But then my wife said, you know, your third favorite band is The Killers. No need to do a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for your time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But uh, uh, I might do it anyway. But so. I, I, look, I'm with you, and in in, uh, I think that's a great idea because I think we all know who are, you know, oh, my favorite's this, and, I, uh, you know, my second favorite's this, and, well, who's your third? And then I think it's it's only for a lot of people, I think, it, 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 like you say, it's a tie for that. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, boy, that's interesting. Uh, I think that's a great idea for a show, especially if you were to have guests on talking about um, and and working it through. Uh, I, but I think that's a great idea, P.F. In fact, I, I'm going to steal it. I have a new podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Well, you might as well. I don't have time for it, but uh, maybe someday I will. So with um, Jimmy's Records of Tapes, the first episode, the, the, the Bruce Springsteen thing, uh, that's an interesting place to start because, like you said, you're not a huge uh, Bruce guy, nor am I, but I, I like him a lot. I saw him interviewed on CBS Sunday Morning about a week ago. He's like the greatest guy, and he's in the right place on all the issues, and he's just like the, a fabulous guy, but for me, the music just never took. I mean, not strongly, like some of my friends. 
Yeah, I mean, I, look, where you know, I grew up, and, and, and just to quickly get back to, so that I could make this clear for anybody that doesn't know, I'm. I, it's a year by year show. Each week okay. I tackle a different year, and, and the first year is 1975, and you know, obviously next week will be 76, 77, so on and so forth. We're going through 1995. We're doing 20 episodes. Okay, and um, and so it, I was looking at the albums that came out in 75, and which ones, you know. Uh, made an impact on me or, you know, had some import in my life. And so Springsteen, while I, uh, you know, like I, I said in the episode, I'm not the biggest Springsteen fan, that the story was important of, of the journey of finding the album and finding the song and, and how that, uh, that particular, you know, born, the song Born to Run had an imprint on me and my life. Um, but uh, I'm with you in that, you know, where I grew up, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, and, you know, it was probably Springsteen 1, Seeger 2, where the uh, the two, and I'm sure as time went on, probably Bon Jovi played into it, but I was, you know, had graduated high school by then. Um, but it was a very blue-collar type of sound that I, oddly enough, didn't, it wasn't for me, even though I was listening to, you know, Journey and REO Speedwagon and Chicago and Kiss and stuff that was not that different than Bruce Springsteen, but yeah. for some reason he didn't click with me, but as as I got older, um, I realized, you know, there's probably, you know, I, I don't consider myself a Bruce fan, but I could probably right now list 25 great Springsteen songs, and sure. then you would go, well, then why aren't you a fan? Right? Why aren't I? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, what yeah you, it's crazy. Well, you know, I've always thought you're a, a better music fan than me for a couple of reasons. And one is, you know, we're the same age, but uh, I'm a new wave daddy from way back. And yet you know that world really well, whereas I really, I only know like Bruce and Journey and Ario Speedwagon because I was forced to listen to them on the radio, in the college cafeteria, people's parties. So I've always like respect that about you is you've got a really wide, you know, knowledge of, of pop music, even, you know, pretty deep into the new wave, I would say. Uh, so I'm looking forward. Well, I, but the, you know, the new wave came because I... I you know, we were kind of forced to know New Wave because at first MTV played mostly New Wave videos. If you yes. think about it, like oh yeah, it, it, you know the mainstream Springsteens and and uh, and so I, you know they they were kind of late to the video game, whereas the the New Wave band that was kind of their 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 outlet. So I think I was forced it that way. And then when I started at the record stores, my manager Dave uh, was very much into the New Wave scene, so he would play a lot of that. And so I, I, I don't know as much about it as you're giving me credit for. To be honest with Bob. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, I do know that when I listen to the new wave station on Sirius XM, if they play U2 or the police, it infuriates me because I want to hear, you know, Ooh. more of those 80s sort of songs than I do the mainstream quote unquote new wave. Recommendation, KROQ2, the, their digital signal is fantastic. They play like, really? they play a new wave song that you know, take on me, which is fine. It's a bit number one. I'll never get tired of that song. Uh, and then they'll play something like super obscure, like uh, uh, Rudy Can't Fail by The Specials. And then they'll play, and, uh, and so it, it seems to go back, and I'm able to play two that you know and then two that you don't. But it's really good. Uh, much better than the regular KROQ. When we were out there, they played um, Lovely the Band, was their song of our trip out there when we went out there this summer, because they played that song, every other song. And weirdly, Guns N' Roses, uh, what's the, um, Welcome to the Jungle. It was like it was a new hit. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. And there's a uh, K, K Rock is a you know is you know I, I've been looking. I have a very nice relationship with Kevin and Bean, who's the morning show here. Okay. Um, although Bean Bean just left, and and they've been very very kind to me, very supportive. But I love their show. But the station just isn't for me. You know, it's not. 
It's not the K-Rock that, uh, in fact, I mentioned K-Rock, I think, in the 1986 episode of Jimmy's Records and Tapes. Um, and they played, uh, they were playing, like, uh, Daryl Hall's Dreamtime. Yeah, and which a great song, by the way. Play but, that today. Yeah, it's a great song. Are yeah. you kidding me? And well, uh, also, by the way, you mentioned Aha, and I mentioned Aha. I think in the 1987 episode, uh, talking about their second album. Yes, um, yeah, which came out in '86, but the single that I'm talking about came out in '87. Yep. Um, so, uh, and by the way, Aha's coming to LA, and they're doing three shows, and I have tickets to all three shows. Oh my God! See, we did yes, it with Vampire I, uh, Weekend, but they, only because they do a completely I, different set list. Uh, so we went to Denver to see that, but. Wait, say it again, please. We, uh, Vampire Weekend, we saw them twice in Denver on successive nights, but only because when they do successive nights in a city, they do two completely different set lists. Dude, you know, I've always, by the way, I don't know what AHA's doing. I might be seeing the same show three times. I've just never seen AHA, rec- and they're one yeah. of my favorite bands. Yeah, so, I, that's... Uh, I kind of over... <laughs> when the tickets went on sale, I may have been a little um, childish and went, I've got to be there every night <laughs> for my favorite band, like an idiot. And yeah, then yeah. it's like, once I bought the tickets, like, why did I drop this kind of dough? Why can't I just go to one show like a human? Um, but I don't, going back to your thing, I never know how I feel about a band that will do two different sets. Because what if I go the night, what if I have tickets for for night two? Yeah. And I, then night one set list is better. Like, why do I get penalized? Because I chose to go on Thursday instead of Wednesday. Yeah. Well, it's my wife's favorite band, and she wasn't taking a chance. So I got us record company seats for the first night, sixth row. Fantastic, and then we'd bought seats for the next night, and we were about thirty rows back, and uh, and she had a fantastic time, so it worked out. Well, see, but but, but again, you went, you were able to go to both. There's, you know, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm thinking of of somebody that can't. And oh yeah, like, that would be yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd be very frustrating. Uh, yeah, it'd be frustrating. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't have that worry with Aha. I bought all three nights because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, I saw OMD uh, twice within a week. So I'm on a Wednesday. They headlined here in Cincinnati. They jumped off the tour with B-52s. And I told my family, you know what? This is good enough. I'm not driving to Dayton to see them feature for B-52s. And where do you guess I was Sunday night? <laughs> in Dayton. I'm going to say you were, in, uh, you were leaving while the B-52s started. That's what my guess is. Uh, you are exactly right. Uh, Liza went up with us, yeah. my youngest. And she uh, for Berlin was the opener-opener. And they were good. Uh, some knucklehead, uh, my daughter likes to take pictures everywhere we go of places she's at. So I, between bands, we're taking pictures. And some lunkhead says, uh, Berlin should have gone second because they sounded great. And they did sound great. But, sir, meet me in 45 minutes after OMB plays, and you tell me that same thing. And, uh, yeah, B-52s sounded fine. Set list was horrible. We looked it up. Was it really? No hits. No legal tender. No, nothing from uh, summer from uh, bouncing off the satellites. Um, you know they had the big. They played the the big hits from Cosmic Thing, and yeah, we left uh, four songs in. We were done. Oh wow! A lot of people said that. Uh, and again, sounded great. Were you fighting with some guy over who sounded? No, 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 no. I just over. I just overheard some guy say that that Berlin should have gone second because they sounded great, having not heard OMD yet. And I'm thinking, like, meet me in 45 minutes and tell me that, and we'll oh, <laughs> see you Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I was I wasn't getting ugly with anybody. I was just I was just being funny. And even my my daughter, who pretty much hates OMD like the rest of my family, said OMD were the best uh, one on the bill. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you know my thoughts. When I saw OMD most recently, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they should have been the headliner. Yeah, which 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 surprised. But I, yeah, and, and you saw them with Psych Furs, right? Psych Furs should have closed. And yeah. They just were, the, Psych Furs nailed it that night. Maybe yeah. the next night they didn't. You know what I mean? It's one That's of the, true. One of those, yeah, yeah, but. yeah. I haven't seen those guys in ages. I think the last time I saw them was the night my wife and I got engaged. Ocean Blue opened oh up. Oh, my gosh. They were the headliner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, wait. No, I saw them here in Cincinnati once, but that was probably still 15, 20 years ago. 
But um, uh, another thing I was going to mention, which Dave is it that used to work on MTV? Is it Holmes or Anthony? I always get them mixed up. Uh, Dave Holmes. Dave Holmes. So he brought up this great point on a, an episode of Never Not Funny. Now, if you listen to the old uh, – I listen to these on Sunday mornings now while I make my wife breakfast. The old uh, American Top 40s? Yes. Oh, those are fantastic, and he's exactly right. 40 through like 20-odd, maybe into the teens, stuff you never, ever hear that they could play on these oldie stations – and and they never do. That is my favorite, and, and you know, even on the '80s on Eight, where they do the the, the Big Forty countdown, but it's the based on the Billboard chart of that week. Yes, um, I love forty through twenty. That's my that's my favorite. You, you hear something at, at number thirty six that those radio stations never play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, and I still call them radio stations. Apparently, um, <laughs> same. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. I, uh, I'd like to way i may have said that and dave holmes may have nodded and agreed with me i'm going to take uh, credit for that okay um, very good because because i've been running my mouth saying that for not, not that it's this grand statement but damn it i want the credit for it they, um <laughs> you shall have it but i do feel like we just were listening to the um uh big 40 uh, they had the uh 1987 and oh, i'll be damn oh what i found interesting was that white snake had two songs on the chart and one song apart on that particular week like i i, I forget what the numbers were but like they had you know, uh, Is This Love was number 18, and uh, Here I Go Again was 16. It's like, wow, that's bizarre. They were One was going up, one was going down, that they would be that close on the uh, countdown, but I find that interesting. I think I know why radio stations are apprehensive to, you know, get more adventurous and even dip down past the teens in the in the top 40 from years ago is because I, when I hosted trivia, I would try to play songs that fit the question, and sometimes that would involve songs that people weren't super familiar with, and that people yeah. got very, very upset. And my boss talked to me about it, and she said, you know, you can't. And I sent her a list and said, these, are, these songs all charted. And she's like, I've never heard of any of these. Of course, she's in her 20s. But I'm like, okay, fine. So the le- next show I did, I subbed for somebody. I played uh, all top 10 hits except for uh, one, uh, Super Tramps, Very Fine, It's Raining Again, which only made it to 11. But I think no one's feelings were hurt. And people loved it. They could, it was just, don't you want me? Stuff you would hear over. And I love Human League. Don't need to hear don't you want me ever again. Um, and yeah, but people ate it up. It's just the strangest thing. It's, it's like, uh, if you're not as invested, I guess. Especially with trivia, it's really just a comfort food, don't you think? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, they could nod their head, and if you play yep. some some deep track by Human League, they're going to be like, "I don't know what this is." Yeah, you know, let's get to the next question. Exactly. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, they don't want to show the only. I did it one place in town here, and the the place closed. But those people actually liked a show, and and so they appreciated it. But they were the only ones. Um, well, good for them. I mean, but yeah, that said, you closed the place down. Yeah, you probably yeah, ran them out of business. But um, another yeah. thing about the Jimmy's records and tapes that I. Uh, caught my attention with the fact that you're doing going album by album you know when i was a kid in 1975 uh we could barely afford owning a record first of all was just this alien concept you could buy the records that were in the top 40 at the local record store and that was about it i remember my friend owned a copy of hot butter's popcorn which had been a hit a few years earlier but good luck finding that in 1975 once it was off the chart gone and the fact that he owned it was just incredible to me and then I really didn't like albums because, well, one, we listen to the radio a lot, my brother and I. So I kind of, more, probably why I became more of a radio guy and my, my love of music is influenced by radio, not by albums. Because I was hear people say, oh, my brother turned me on to this album and this album. And I'm like, I didn't have that experience. I was just a hit singles kind of guy. 
Interesting. Uh, you know, I think as a kid I was as well because I didn't have any older brothers, so I was very, you know, Casey Kasem and yeah, uh, you know, WLS in Chicago and just you know hitting, you know, getting the hits and then you know moving over to MET and the Loop, which were you know more album oriented rock, but they still were kind of the hits from those albums. They weren't really, you know, doing uh, deep tracks. Uh, so I kind of was the same as you uh, until I got older. Uh, you know, I didn't buy my first album until 1977, which was Styx's Grand Illusion. Um, but I got some albums, obviously for you know Christmas presents and, and birthday presents throughout the years. But uh, leading up to that, but not not that many. I, I was kind of just listening to my stepfather and mother's albums, which yeah. is why I have a bizarre love of Paul Williams because my <laughs> mom was into Paul Williams. There you go. First album I bought, I begged my parents to buy me "Endless Summer" when they advertised it on the TV in 1976. But that's a greatest hits package. That's not even a proper album. So and then right, but don't you think that as a kid, because you know, because Chicago's Greatest Hits was one of my first albums, and Kiss Alive Two was one of my first albums. But those are, you know, those are also hits albums. And don't you, as a kid, and especially for like when we talk about people coming from, you know, being singles guys. Well, here's a collection of those singles. Yeah. So what better album to have, especially at that age, than that? Oh, exactly. Well, the other thing I would do is I would, you know, and that's where the name of the show comes from, PF's Tape Recorders. I would sit in my room with my tape recorder and play songs like I was a DJ, and I'd do my own countdown and everything. It was, uh, I was a strange little kid. but um. <laughs> Well, you know what? I forget who was just on Never Not Funny, but we, he and I both talked about how we both did that. We both, we, you know, we, we a little, you know, you'd have to press play and record at yeah, the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, and yeah, hey, everybody, it's it's, uh, it's uh, welcome to whatever radio station. I've got these are my improv skills at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, come up with a radio station name and then yeah, yeah. clunkily go into and here's Seasons of the Sun by Terry Jacks. And uh, sure, we I, I I don't want to say we all did it. I think uh, a handful of us. Oh yeah, nerds may have done it. Yeah, yeah, and I uh, would make the tapes for my dad to listen to when he was on his uh, on his trips or driving back to Pittsburgh and. And things like that, and and uh, yeah, right. yeah, and weirdly, it all came full circle when I lived in Pittsburgh and worked at the radio station there. He would record my shows uh, on the stereo that we that we had this little tiny stereo we had, and uh, I thought that was really neat. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I think uh, it's your dad listened to the tapes on the way there. I'm, I'm guessing if I gave my dad any of those tapes, he would have said, "Sounds good, Jim." And then when he got home, he would have well, said, "Hey, that was great." And no, I would have didn't listen to a word of it. I would have questioned it, except for the fact that he would independently bring up, "Oh, I thought it was funny when you said this," because I would do little skits and stuff. And so I'm like, "Oh, he must wow, listen." That's great. Yeah, I know, right? And um, I know that the tunes really because he's not really a big music guy, which is the weird thing. Uh, my mom was classical music and some like French pop music, but my dad was just your, I guess, you know, garden variety lay music fan, you know, like. Liked music right. just fine, but wasn't as obsessed with it as uh, as I became, or certainly, you know, my wife, and same thing with her family. She's like the big music fan in the family. And uh, it's just strange how that happens. Well, he was a, uh, he was a PS fan. As a yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So, uh, so this, ask, I guess, has, has an, an expiration date. You're going to do 20 episodes, and then... Uh, do we you going to develop another show from there? You think, or uh, do, or just yeah, this one goes. And well, you know what? I I, I think we'll see how this one goes, and uh, you know, uh, response for the first one's been terrific. But you know, the, let's see if that's still there twenty episodes in, and uh, if we're having a good time, like I say uh, in the trailer for the show that we put out, uh, you know, we'll circle back and start at seventy five again because you know I'm only doing one album a, a year. There's got to be you know, there's a list of seven other albums that I. Could talk about from each year, but minimum seven. So, yeah. 
Oh, uh, you know, maybe we'll go back and start over. Yeah, and and to be clear, and I we should point this out is uh, you still like you know new music because you you turned me on a couple of years ago. I remember we said you turned me on to Scouting for Girls was one because uh, they came on and yes. shuffled the other day, and I said, oh, Jimmy Pardo told me about these guys. That's how I found these guys, and a couple other ones we had. Uh, discussed so yeah and we we had a uh, in the cincy shirts podcast we had a disc jockey he used to do the morning zoo thing here in town now he's on the am talk station and we asked him oh do you miss being a rock dj he goes nah i'm too old to be playing tool and like but do you still listen to new music he goes nope <laughs> not at all I'm like wow that's really weird but i guess you know i guess there's there are people like that i mean i don't i'm as active well, as i used to be searching for it but i still do like listen to new stuff I, I make a playlist every you know every couple months of new stuff well, you're well. You're way ahead of the game than I am. I, I admittedly, I don't. I couldn't. You know, I, I think Kesha might be the most recent thing I'm listening to. But it's. Um, uh, I, I'm not the. I listen to new albums by bands that have been around. Like I, I'm enjoying the new Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay, um, no, they had a new one. How about that? And that. Oh, and, it, and it's really good. I mean, I don't think there's a song on there longer than three and a half minutes. It's like they're just a bunch of short pop songs, and they're all kind of positive energy and. You know, in, in, in these weird times that we're living in, it's a, it's a very uplifting album. Well, having a 22-year-old and a 15-year-old daughter helps a lot, too. Although I do turn them on to a lot of stuff. I, I introduced them to the 1975. I was on that bandwagon oh. before they were. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple other ones. But now they've kind of got, got me beat. They're, um, they got this new guy, Rex Orange County. We like him a lot. Um, okay. Yeah, Surf Curse. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, and there's there's stuff I hear on Radio 1 sometimes at all. That I'll listen to. Is Oliver getting into music? Yeah, but you know what? He's um, uh, he he is not enjoying the new stuff like all of his friends are. He he likes eighties on eight, and he likes new wave. Uh, you know, first wave on uh, Sirius XM, and he likes the he likes the classics. Uh, but and again, that could be because I forced him to listen to it whenever he was in the car with me. But yeah, uh, in fact, in fact, just the other day he was. Um, uh, Head Games by Foreigner came on, and he started singing along with it, and knew the lyrics better than I did. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, yeah, he's uh, uh, my wife Danielle plays uh, more current music in her car, and okay, uh, and I don't know if he's getting any joy out of that, but I know he likes the the classic stuff that I end up playing. There you go. Well, I man, I'm not going to argue yeah. with him because I would I would say, and you would probably agree that uh, if you listen to any kind of chart music these days. There's basically two kinds of songs. There's uh, a, a DJ and he gets a singer. And usually those are fine. I like a lot of those songs. I don't need an hour of a DJ throwing my hands in the air. And, uh, right. Yeah, and then a lot of, you know, garden variety, indie rock. Again, some of which is good, but, I mean, and I hate to be a 53-year-old guy here, but, I mean, the chart was better back in the day. You had ra- the, the raggae music, as my former boss used to say. Uh, you get some metal, you get the, you know, synth pop, you'd get all of Blue-Eyed Soul. That would all be in the in the top 40 in both countries, the UK and the US. And now it's just... Right. It, uh, but there's a great... Do you follow Record Mirror on Twitter? No. Um, I sometimes buy the magazine, though, when the bookstore has it here. Uh, follow, the, follow them on Twitter. They, 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 every day they put, up a, they put up three or four different charts from a year in the 80s. Ooh. And... You get to revisit '86 through the UK charts, and you get to see oh, like man. things that never charted here that yeah. went to number one there. Yeah, you know, like that stuff. And yeah, yeah, uh, it, it that's neat to see. Yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoy getting those uh, when those tweets show up every. I think I'm in you know overnight or whatever, but you wake up in the morning and see them. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Well, I know you have a uh, hard out at nine thirty, and of course you can remind us I now do. that yes. And uh, so I will let you go. And again, appreciate you doing this. We'll get everybody uh, subscribing to Jimmy's Records and Tapes. 
And uh, uh, yeah, the place to do that is go to uh, go to youtube.com slash number not funny, and it's right there. And um, uh, yeah, by the time you hear this, maybe the episode two will be up. I don't know, but episode one is up there now, and how, people seem to be enjoying it. How often are they coming out? Uh, once a week, every Tuesday. Oh, okay, then we're, we're about to do it tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. All right, well, great, man. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you down in Cincinnati here again sometime soon as well. And uh, you're, you're going to have to come on the Cincy Shirts podcast. Uh, I look with, forward to it. With, I like wearing shirts. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, I know you know Josh, and Josh would be thrilled to have you on. Okay, great. Sounds great, man. Good. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Pia. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Thanks again to Jimmy Pardo for being on the show. Uh, not sure where you can catch Jimmy. I don't have any internet where I am right now, so I really can't tell you, and it's a kind of a pain to look up on my phone. So just go to jimmypardo.com, uh, nevernotfunny.com. We'll also take you to his podcast. So anything you need to know, uh, Jimmy Pardo related, you will find there. Also, uh, since it's coming up on Christmas, I invite you to look up on YouTube. I just just popped into my head. Uh, I believe he does a cover. I believe it's with Scott Ackerman. Uh, they do a cover of Baby, It's Cold Outside. And uh, it's really funny. You should uh, take a listen to that. Maybe even uh, strip the audio and put it in your Christmas song collection. It's pretty hilarious. So anyway, speaking of songs and music and all that fun stuff, oh, we've come up to a song of the week. How about that? And the song of the week is from Juliana Hatfield. We had her featured, uh, gosh, a couple of months ago. might have been earlier in the year. She did a, or maybe it was late last year, she did a, uh, an album of Olivia Newton-John tunes. She's now done similar uh, with The Police, and uh, these are really cool. I wish she'd write more stuff of her own, though, because she's really a fantastic songwriter. She's, like, super talented. I've always been a fan. And um, But she's done a, a, an album of Police tunes. I don't know if it's been released yet. She's released some of the songs off of it, including this one, uh, Do Do Do, Da 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 Da, which was originally from the Police album Zenyata Mondata. And uh, she does a very nice version. And I was thinking about uh, the concept of covers and what makes a good cover. I would say this falls in the middle. I like it. She does a little bit different stuff to it. I'm trying to think, well, look, coming up my favorite covers. There's two schools of thought on covers, right? Uh, people think, well, it should be, the band should make it their own. It should be very different from the original. And other people are like, well, no, it should, it should kind of stay faithful to the song. And I kind of lean looking at, I have this uh, playlist of covers on my iPod. And some of my favorite ones would probably lean more towards uh, they don't sound much like the original. They they stand on their own. Now, that being said, one I don't have on here, strangely, I should have on here, is one of the versions of I Fought the Law. And again, I might have mentioned this before. Uh, the Bobby Fuller, not is the original version is the most widely known version because he had the hit with it. It was actually written by Sonny Curtis of the Crickets. Uh, and his version sounds not too dissimilar from Bobby Fuller's, which sounds pretty similar to The Clash, which sounds pretty similar to Stray Cats. They all kind of sound similar, but it all sounds like those bands, those acts, and and it's a great song. I, that's a song I don't think you can ruin uh, doing as a cover. Conversely, Take On Me. I had this discussion with a guy uh, who used to manage All Time Low, and he posted uh, saying, oh, this I don't like this song, but I like this version of it. And I wrote and I said, you cannot cover Take On Me. It has not been. And Weezer has come the closest, and their version, I would say, is about 80% there. It's fine. Uh, the video makes it a lot better. It's a really cute video. Uh, check that out. Uh, and so he sent me this article from somewhere that said, here are 10 versions of Take On Me that are great. Nope. <laughs> not a one of them. You just, so there are some songs you just can't, whether you make it your own, whether you stay faithful to the original, there are some songs that I just don't think can be covered very well. 
So if you're curious, uh, before we get to Juliana Hatfield, I would say my favorite cover of all time is Stereo Hearts by Paradise Fears, covering the Gym Class Heroes slash Adam Levine tune. And boy, oh boy, I always say that Adam Levine gave away his greatest melody ever. Uh, he, he wrote the hook, the My Heart's a Stereo part, and Gym Class Heroes uh, did, did the rest. And it's fine, and I like that version a lot, but uh, uh, sadly, I'm a 53-year-old white man, and I like the fact that uh, Paradise Fears uh, made an actual song. They took the rapping parts and actually had a made a melody out of it so I like that a lot um, I also like I just like the way the the, uh, the Paradise Fears uh, put it together and um, I mean I don't dislike Adam Levine a friend of mine is a, a total Maroon 5 Adam Levine stan and so is my sister-in-law by the way and I tend to like every other Maroon 5 song in fact their biggest uh, my favorite song of theirs actually didn't even chart that high I think I only got to like 30 odd it's the one where he finds his girlfriend in bed with some other dude and shoots him dead that's a great song um, but anyway uh, I would say the second favorite, and this is one has been voted by uh, some British magazine, said it was the greatest cover of all time, Always On My Mind by Pet Shop Boys, and they are not wrong. I would certainly not argue that. I still like Stereo Hearts better, but I could totally make see the case for Always On My Mind, which weirdly, in the United States, is known as a Willie Nelson song, even though he didn't write it. He, it was written by uh, a couple of other fellas, and uh, B.J. Thomas had the first recording of it. Uh, in England, it's uh, known as an Elvis Presley song because it was the B-side to a song called Separate Ways in 1972 but British radio decided that Always On My Mind should be the A-side. So it got the number 9 in the UK chart. Got to 30, I think, here in the US, or 20. Uh, but it is known in this country as a Willie Nelson song and uh, in Britain as an Elvis Presley song. But that being said, oh, Sympathy for the Devil by Leibach. Look that one up. That's a great cover. Uh, just going down my list here, uh, what else is on here that's good? Come On Eileen by Save Ferris. They do a ska version of Come On Eileen. It's fantastic. And then there you have it. Uh, Tears of a Clown by English Beat. Top of the World by Shown a Knife. Also get honorable mentions there. So that brings us to the song of the week. A long way to get there, but uh, worth it, I hope. Uh, it sounds more like the police than it does not sound like the police, but there's a couple little things that Juliana throws in there to kind of make it uh, that you know it's her. And uh, so here we go. It's my song of the week. I uh, hope you like it. I really dig it. It's Juliana Hatfield, the doo-doo-doo, da-da-da, PF tape recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Chaos in my mind 